Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and thanks for joining us. Today we are discussing one of the most famous, one of the most powerful, one of the most long-running stables in the history of professional wrestling, active for just about 20 years, altogether had a little over 40 individuals involved, multiple territories, multiple championships, all headed up by one man in this faction, this stable, this family was the biggest threat to Hulkamania during his big run of the 80s. Today, it's all about the Heenan family on this episode of 80s Wrestling the Podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jane. As always, I sit across from the head of the Fierro family, Tommy the Brain Fierro. Tommy, good morning, brother. How is it going today? I, I think, Jumping Jay, a better thing you should have said was the head of the table for 80s wrestling, the podcast. <laughs> That's tr- that rings true as well. doesn't tie quite as well to the topic. Uh, I, I would say when it comes to 80s hey, wrestling, the podcast, the conventions, you're the brain, my man. Yeah, but you're the host of this podcast. I, I'm just along for the ride with you, man. So I, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm giving you your flowers right now at the top of the program. You, I am naming you the host, the official host of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Well, that's very nice, man. Well, no matter how you split up the duties, you picked today's topic, and it is a winner, my man. The Bobby Heenan family was a staple of the pro wrestling scene when you or I were at our peak of our fandom. When we were young Tommy and young Jay running around the neighborhood, we knew all too well about the evil dudes in the Bobby Heenan family. So I'm excited to talk about this with you, man. we got lots of callers on hold already, but you picked this, Tommy. So let me ask you this, Tommy, right off the top of the show, what is it about the Heenan family that, that what comes to your mind when you hear the word Heenan family? When I hear the word Heenan family, I think the first thing I think of Jay is they're out to get Hulkamania. And, and that was the running storyline for, for quite some time in the WWE. Back then, we, we've talked about this in the past, you know, the, their formula was they were just feeding Hulk Hogan heel after heel after heel after heel. And, you know, back then, there was only, you know, one pay-per-view a year for a while. Then it went to two and then three, and then, and then you guys know the story after that. But back then, you know, they, they, re, they relied on the house show business to, you know, make their bulk sum of money back then and what they would do today like it ain't nowadays where and, and we we mentioned this on the podcast and you know past episodes as well you know if, if we're lucky you know we get wwe twice a year in our market now whereas back when me and you were kids now i don't know about minnesota because you guys got the bolsheviks but up here we have madison square garden and uh, the brendan Byrne arena and you know, there was wrestling every month up here, legit every month, and it was always in the newspapers, and it was a big deal. And, and a big part of that at that time was Hulk Hogan feuding with the Heenan family. And they would get three, four months, Jay, out of one match. So say, you know, they came to the Meadowlands Arena in January with Hulk Hogan against Big John Sud. You know, mm. maybe they do a DQ finish, and they bring it back the following month, and it's a count out. And then they bring it back a third month, and it's a uh, you know a lumberjack match or a steel cage match. So they 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 knew how to get the most out of every feud that Hulk Hogan was in back then. And like you said, man, Hulk, uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, 
was the arch nemesis of Hulk Hogan. And not only that, but he had several members, more than several, like you said, of the Heenan family. So, you know, just, you know, when, when Hulk Hogan got through a one, Heenan was sending another. And it was that formula for a while. So I think that Bobby Heenan, uh, absolutely, and the Heenan family, uh, have a huge part of the early success of Hulkamania, one million percent. Yeah, and let's not let's not pretend that the magic ingredient was a mystery. The Heenan family works because of the guy running it, Bobby the Brain Heenan. If you were a big bad villain, a heel, and you were new to the territory, as soon as they plugged you in with Bobby the Brain Heenan, you had that immediate heat, and you were ready for a run against one of the top baby faces in the territory being a promoter, Tommy, what, how, how important is it to have a guy like Bobby, the brain Heenan to help you get a new heel in your company over? Like how, how important was that to Vince McMahon? Like how key was that to the success of the heels coming into the territory? Oh, back then, man, it was Bobby Heenan. Let me tell you something. Uh, Bobby Heenan, in my opinion, uh, back then, was one of the four cornerstones of the WWE. And that's a, that's a really, really, really strong statement right there. But if you think about it, man, between everyone he managed and all the angles he was involved in to, you know, him being a commentator, I mean, he was just such a crucial part of that product. And, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was a big, 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 big part of, the success of all these new heels coming into the territory because right from the start, Jay, Bobby the Brain Heenan had a ton of credibility because he's been featured for years at this point in all these top programs in the company. So when a new guy comes in and they go with Heenan, you already know he's a serious contender or a serious threat. And a real important factor also was guys that didn't have the ability to cut promos. Uh, not everyone can talk like um, Jake the Snake Roberts or the Million Dollar Man. So, you know, some guys needed that mouthpiece, and you can't really pick a better mouthpiece at that time than Bobby the Brain Heenan. So, yeah, man, he was he was crucial as far as getting new guys over. Um, also, turning guys, and, and, and when guys go from babyface to hill, and there were Heenan, and we've seen that a, a few times too. We've seen it with Hercules. We've seen it with Andre the Giant. Like, you know, what a what a way to turn your back on the fans when you're a good guy and then you, you jump ship and go with Bobby the Brain and Paul Orndorff. So uh, mm-hmm. he was such a major part of that uh, whole program. I, I can't stress enough uh, how important he was. You know, we got a lot of calls on hold, so we're going to jump into the calls. And at the opening of the show, I said, you know, all together through the, through the nearly 20-year run of the Heenan family, there were something like 40 or so members uh, and high-profile members. You know, I, we put the show's graphic out this morning. We were able to only fit, you know, seven or eight guys on there. But there are so many guys that were part of the Heenan family that when we go to the call line, I would love to let the listeners uh, share their memories of the Heenan family. And then I would love to know their personal favorite member all time of the Heenan family. Cause there are some wrestlers on this list that had hall of fame careers and they may have not spent the majority of it with the Heenan family, but they may have made an appearance in the Heenan family. And so when I hear Heenan family, there's a few wrestlers that I start to picture. And so I'd love to learn from the callers who they picture as being some of the most prominent member uh, of the Heenan family. So we're going to start today's conversation out by taking our coastal flight 
to Chico, California, and checking in with Babyface Brian. Brian, good morning, and welcome to the Heenan Family Conversation. Thanks very much, Jay, and uh, great to hear all your input on this, Tommy. Um, Bobby, to me, was uh, right in my top three of guys. If they're on TV, that's who I like to watch uh, and couldn't leave for. You know, I got Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, and Bobby Heenan as my uh, – my big three all-time talent-wise in the WWF. And, uh, and you know, he'd done it for 10 years before he came to the WWF and had all that championship success in AWA. But um, for me, the, the constant goal and uh, evolution of the Heenan family was um, just so entertaining where he had this win-at-all-cost, get-championship gold, and it was – it was just such a beautiful storyline to to drag it out all the way uh, until eight, 1989 when Rick Rude finally won at WrestleMania five over the Ultimate Warrior with you know Heenan holding one of his legs down. It was just such a, a well done thing where we we had this anticipation of Bobby and and this watching him try to get championship gold for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering. For each of you guys, uh, if there's a, a time or a, a year of Bobby Heenan that's kind of your stands out as your favorite, because even though 1987 he had the most members, he had the highest profile with uh, Andre at WrestleMania three. Um, the year before, when I started watching wrestling, it has the same feel as uh, as those guys that were champions that year. I, when I started watching, it was Savage was on top in the uh, IC title or with the IC title, the Bulldogs had the tag titles, Hogan had the world title. So, like, to me, those those are the champions that I look to most as far as the great nostalgic feel. And for, for the Heenan family, it was Stud and Bundy. And right, when, right about when I started watching, Harley Race came in in May of 86, and then the huge turn with Orndorff. So those four, for me, uh, that summer of 86 when it was Orndorff, and Stud and Bundy and Harley Race. That was uh, that was to me probably my most nostalgic Heenan family iteration. And then and then he would just organically change and shift. So when when Big John Stud left around October November, Hercules came on, and then then Andre came on into the fold, and then you know eventually he got the Islanders, and he's got a tag team. And and in '88 when uh, when Tama leaves uh, in the summer of '88. It's just a few months later that the Brainbusters come on board. So I just love mm-hmm. the way that he was always changing out the roster of the Heenan family and always had that goal of championship goal that that took you know it was such a, a long journey. And when he finally got it, you know you you you'd been rooting against Heenan all these years, but at the same time you're like, okay, good for Bobby. He got he got icy gold for uh, ravishing Rick Rude. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering. Tommy and Jay, if there's a, a, a favorite iteration of the uh, Heenan family that you guys might have or what year it might be from. That's a very good question. And when you were talking about Rick Rude winning Icy Gold SummerSlam 1989, that is a version of Bobby Heenan and Rick Rude that I absolutely love. I love the visual of Bobby Heenan, the weasel, holding down the Ultimate Warrior's boot that allows Rick Rude to capture uh, the Intercontinental Championship. So I love that. One of my favorite Intercontinental Champions of all time is Mr. Perfect. So I love Mr. Perfect being involved in the Heenan family. I love uh, the pairing of Heenan and Mr. Perfect. Um, I was 
a true through and through Hulkamaniac. So I loved Hogan having the winged eagle. And so then I was a fan of a heel Intercontinental Champion. Uh, and so I loved when Rick Rude won it. I wish he would have held it longer than he did. But Mr. Perfect and Bobby Heenan, to me, go together like peanut butter and jelly in my mind. Tommy, how about you? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Really, really tough. There's just so many different moving parts of the Heenan family and, and so many different storylines uh, that he was and they were a part of that I absolutely love so much. I, I you know, Probably the biggest one is when you know, Andre the Giant turned on Hulk Hogan on Piper's Pit and ripped off his mm-hmm. cross, and no one could have imagined that Andre the Giant would one turn his back on the fans, two turn on his best friend Hulk Hogan, and the biggest one and it was the explanation on this entire storyline was go with Bobby the Brain Heenan. So that's the biggest one. My favorite Heenan memory is if that was the question, I might have even heard the <clears throat> the question wrong. I'm, I have we have so many shows coming up right here, so. While you guys are talking, I'm over here, you know, sending out a uh, email. <laughs> so I apologize if I heard the question wrong. Hey, but at least I'm being honest. Um, if it was my favorite moment ever of the Heenan family, it has to be my favorite childhood memory uh, is when Paul Orndorff turned on Hulk Hogan mm. and the way they set it up back then with the telephone calls and him not, you know, it was just it was just so done perfectly. And again. You're in that situation where you can't believe that this little bastard, this little slimy manager, got his hands around one of our fan favorites and dragged him to the dark side. Uh, he did it with Paul Orndorff. He did it with Andre the Giant. So, like, that was when they, went, when they played that card, and they didn't play it too, too, too much, but when they did use that card, it was always devastating to us as fans, as kids. Yeah, totally. And the uh, you know when he would bring in Orndorff or when he got Andre, he always had this end goal of championship gold. I mean, even when he signs um, Hercules from Slick, it was like um, immediately he gets in the championship match on Saturday night's main event, mm-hmm. and Hercules becomes a, a viable threat. And you you know you see him in the backbreaker, and he lets go of him too, uh, too soon. But um, Bobby Heenan elevates Hercules instantly to a credible threat uh, against Hulk Hogan on that Saturday night's main event. So, like I say, I just loved how Keenan always, you know, went and got guys for that express goal of ending Hulkamania and winning gold in WWF, and that he elevated them along with um, continuing his long-running character storyline that was uh, just a huge part of him. So I know that, um, like guys like Jacques Rougeau talk about Jimmy Hart and Jimmy Hart always putting the guys first and pushing them out there, but it's okay to have different management styles. And I, I just loved uh, Bobby's constant quest that took forever to, uh, or took so long to fulfill. So love the topic, love the conversation. And uh, thank you guys as always for uh, letting me uh, speak my, uh, speak my word on, on, on 80s wrestling, the podcast. I appreciate you guys so much and have a great rest of the show. Baby and a great weekend. Real, real, real yeah. quick, give give a plug for your Twitter page, your Twitter handle for anyone out there that is not currently following you on Twitter. Uh, by the way, Babyface Brian does a really cool uh, Twitter uh, account, 80s Wrestling Fan. So give that information out so they can follow you. Yeah, if anybody wants to check it out, I'm at 80 
underscore wrestling. Um, I've even got a uh, podcast that's kind of centered around LJN figures and fandom called uh, Legendary Wrestling Figures. So if you want to hear uh, great stuff, Jumping Jay is one of the guests. I've had about uh, 10 guys on there. You can find stuff on my Twitter come on, page. I'm going to come on one of these. I'm going to come on soon, Brian. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, we're rating all the uh, yeah, first sign LJN figures. So I think cool. you'd be a, a good, wonderful man. guest. I haven't. I, there's not too many. No, hard to get a promoter, and you would be uh, ideal. Uh, so I'd love it. So thank you so much for the promotion. Thank you so much for the topic and for uh, doing what you guys do. All my best to hey. you both. All right, brother. Thank you, Brian, weekend, so man. much, man. Yep. Before we jump into the next hey, call, Brian Jay, brings real, up a, real quick. Yeah, you go. I say real quick before we jump to the next call. I just wanted to I wanted to touch on what I was just saying about Bobby. Another reason why Bobby was so and, and we've done episodes of Bobby in the past, but we're talking about the Heenan family. But so I have to say this: like Bobby was so damn good that like what, what I was just saying, like when you you needed to turn a baby face heel, like there was no more devastating blow to us as fans when Bobby got those guys to go to the dark side. And then he's so good, Bobby, that he has the ability to turn someone and get them over so strong as a heel from a baby face. And then he has so much heel heat and so much credibility that he could take that heel that he created from a baby face and turn him back to a baby face again and he'll be even over stronger the second time around as a baby face than the first time because that's how good Bobby the Brain Heenan was. You're absolutely right. And, and Brian brought up the point that it was always about the quest for championship gold for the Heenan family. And a byproduct of that is it makes those titles matter to us, the viewers. If the most hated group of wrestlers is hell-bent on capturing championship gold that automatically makes us know having those belts matter and it means something you know for a while uh we could complain as fans that there was too many title switches the titles didn't mean anything but back then when you had the heenan family their only mission by hook or by crook was to capture a championship title you knew that it mattered and that was the ultimate prize uh of the of the of the wrestling that we were watching so i do appreciate that uh, Babyface Brian brought that point up. We're going to keep this conversation going. It's time to visit the firehouse as we check in with firefighter Brian. Brian, good morning. Welcome to the Heenan family conversation. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing very well, sir. How about you? Good morning. How are you? I I can't complain, guys. You know what, though? Uh, I, will, I can't complain. Um, I'm still... Uh, Still getting, uh, still recovering, because while uh, all three of our teams had a rough weekend in the NFL mm. this weekend, nobody got it up the ass more than I did, and my team won out of the three of us. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, seriously, if that's not as same old Jets as it gets, I don't know what is, but uh, we're all in recovery in our own way. But um, I, uh, with this especially topic, me. especially me. Uh, I, you know what, Tommy? I don't know what team got it worse. Your team got compl- – I mean, Dallas came to your stadium, just bent you over and had you, their way with you. On the other hand, they always my do. team – well, you know what? It's 50-50 with the, that. 
rivalry. Um, you know what? And on my team, well, I'm very proud of the way my team played Monday night. They showed mm-hmm. tremendous heart, tremendous grit that I haven't seen from that team, and I can't remember how long. Okay, of course, we can't. And again, same old Jets. Huge win, played very well for the most part, and you can't enjoy it because you got this pain in the ass. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, leave it, leave it, leave it to the Jets. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say this, and then, and then it's all Bobby Heenan. Uh, I'm a Jet Met Islander fan. Thank you for your sympathy. Okay, it's the the equivalent of herpes in one cheek, hemorrhoids in the other, and genital warts up here. It's a very painful experience. Okay, so. Um, with that, the uh, the Heenan family, okay, and I've, uh, you know, t- Tommy, when you said last week that this was going to be your topic, I did a, a, a search on the Heenan family, and like you touched on, Jay, the Heenan family wasn't new in the WWF. It had been, it, he, Bobby had done it in other promotions before the WWF. But you look at the whole list, and it is just, you look at the list of, guys that Bobby managed. Okay, we always talk about, you know, uh, how influential Bobby was. You guys did a whole show on him. I think that was your first uh, show you took calls in. Um, yeah, we said it on that show. We said it on the, the manager's show not too long ago. Bobby may be the greatest performer, entertainer in the history of the business because not only the greatest manager of all time, but the greatest color commentator of all time. Who can say they were the best at two different fields? And uh, it, what's very impressive about, about the Heenan family is you look at, you know, as you, uh, one of you touched on, you both touched on, a manager's job, one of a manager's job is to do the talking for wrestlers who are at, don't have the gift of gap. Look at the list of the wrestlers that Bobby managed. Most of them were able to talk. Most of them were could have done their own talking if they had to. Okay, you know Rick Rude, uh, Kurt Hennig, uh, Harley Race, King Kong Bundy. There's a bunch of them. Nick Bockwinkle, Ken Patera. They could all. The Adrian Adonis. They could all do. They could talk. And yet they still had Bobby Heenan because it, Bobby was so good at making if, – if you were affiliated with Bobby Heenan, you were scum of the earth. Automatic, end of story. Okay? You wanted to turn Andre heel? What better way that he's a heel than have him come out with Bobby Heenan? And you asked, Jay, you asked uh, the favorite wrestler Bobby managed. You know what? My my one of my favorite um, wrestler that was affiliated with Bobby Heenan may have had nothing to do with the Heenan family, and that was Ric Flair. I loved mm. Bobby, Kurt Hennig, and Ric Flair. It wasn't really Heenan family, but what I loved about that was, you, you know, and, and we're here to talk about the Heenan family, but Bobby on commentary during that Royal Rumble, it's one of the most acclaimed Royal Rumbles of all time. Bobby's commentary when he freaks out that Ric Flair came, comes out at number three. And then as the match goes on, Bobby's going more and more out of control. And um, I, I just want to say, I know, uh, 
you know, we're talking about the Heenan family. One of my favorite, one of my favorite lines from Bobby Heenan was he would say, uh, uh, some, whoever he was commentating with would be screaming, Green Monsoon, I'm not blind. I mean, it, it just doesn't get more <laughs> brilliant than that. But I just want to, I just want to say, you know, with the Heenan family, I, um, they weren't really a faction. They weren't really a stable. To me, they seem more like a collection of wrestlers that were managed by the same guy. But it was still always interesting. And if I had to pick, like, one era, it was probably 87 when he had, you know, Andre, Bundy, Mm -hmm. Rude, uh, Haku. And um, and I'll just uh, leave you guys with this before Tom starts calling me Columbo. Um, uh, you know, with uh, one, one of, another one of my favorites, one guy that didn't have the gift of gab that was perfect. Yet, Bobby Heenan and Haku were chocolate ice cream and an onion. Okay, and yet somehow it worked, and that's a testament. That's a testament to Bobby. Okay, when I met, when I met Haku, I asked the girl taking the the pictures. I said, can you take a picture of him? You know how Haku did that, like, uh, that strike with his hand, uh, Mm -hmm. doing, uh, pretending to strike me? And Haku said, what do you mean pretend? (laughs) I said, go for it. So, so that's, uh, yeah, good good topic. I like how... uh, you know, you give us a week to think about what we're going to say. Hope, hopefully you could do that more in the future. And uh, I'm sure you got other callers. And I'll just end with, as you guys know, I was at Tommy's store this past Sunday. And I know you heard me say this, Tommy, but I'm going to say this to everybody. There's three short things in life. Death, taxes, and Tommy Fierro will always have the greatest collection of wrestling magazines. So, with that, yeah. guys, absolutely, absolutely, Tommy, you never cease to amaze me with the with the. Thank you, brother. Oh, I appreciate you coming. Oh, oh I appreciate like mag- you. Hey, my my store's like my store's like magazine heaven, ain't it? Oh God, it's it, it really is. You never cease to amaze me. I see magazines that I completely forgot about. So uh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, awesome, Absolutely, and uh, you know, whenever uh, we're there, we're, we're, uh, Joe and I, we, we just can't leave because we're having such a good time talking to your mother or to you or to whoever. So, uh, with that, gentlemen, it was so good talking to you. Good luck this weekend. We're all going to need it in our own way, and I will uh, hopefully talk <laughs> to you guys next week. Okay. Sounds good, all right. Brian. Thanks, Thank brother. you have so much. Man. And and Brian made an excellent point. Hey, hold on, point. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Brian, you still there? Yeah, he's still yeah, there. Yeah, I'm here. Yep. Brian, how about yes. this? How about you pick the topic for us next week here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast? Uh, you yeah. have, uh, you, I'll tell you what, you have my cell phone number. Text me before the end of the show, and we'll announce that at the end. We're going to let you pick next week's topic. Man. But, but you, you want, well, for, first of all, words can't express uh, how touched I am by that. To have me pick a topic, topic—that's uh, uh, I really appreciate that. Um, I think I know right now what uh, I want to talk about, if I could say it now. 
You want me sure, to say it now, or would you rather do? Would you rather do it at the end of the show? No, let's do it right now. Go ahead. Um, you know what? You guys did this before, but you didn't take callers. So I think this is a great one that I really want to hear what what uh, people have to say. Bobby Heenan was a great manager and a great commentator. Let's talk about the voices of wrestling next week. Perfect. Let's do it. All right. I love it. Love it. All right. Let's do the it. Voices, I'm getting my top. The voices of each. The Voices of 80s Wrestling right here next week on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. I dig it. Tommy, thanks a trillion for that. That's really cool of you. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to get my top five ready right now. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Us too. Thank you, Brian. And and I hope we get to hear some impressions of his top five when he calls in next week. Uh, But today we're continuing the conversation on the Heenan family. And like Firefighter Brian said, wasn't really a stable because Bobby Heenan used to say a stable is where you keep horses. And so he referred to his group of wrestlers as a family and so many big names in and out of the Heenan family throughout the years. And if you look at the official record of the Heenan family, he mentioned Ric Flair uh, and he didn't know if he was part of the Heenan family or not. Officially, he is listed as a member of the Heenan family from 91 to 93. Uh, And in 92, it was just Ric Flair and Perfect in the Heenan family. So I have a feeling that any time Bobby Heenan managed somebody, they were a, a member of the Heenan family. We're going to keep this conversation going. We're going to fly to the neighbor up North and check in with Rick from Canada. Rick, good morning. Welcome to the Heenan family conversation. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing today? Very well, sir. How about you? Good morning. Oh, not bad. I just, uh, I had some paperwork that said my Canadian citizenship is being revoked, so I'm wondering if you guys knew about that. Find some real estate. Oh, that's funny, Rick. You guys, hey, listen. You got you got to bring that up with uh, with uh, teacher Dave. Teacher Dave, I tell you what, we got to get it. We got to get a, a Canadian great debate between uh, David and uh, Rick in one, one of the future episodes. Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I was, I, uh, I missed the show last week. I was actually traveling, but I managed to listen to it after, so I did hear the comments, and I, I appreciate them. I was, uh, really sorry I missed the, uh, the Hogan Austin debate. Uh, do you mind, do you guys mind if I put just a couple minutes on that Hogan Austin before I talk about Heenan? I just had a good story to share. Go for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, just, I really want. I love the topic. I really wanted to call in because, I mean, I, I think we're around the same age. I was born in '79, so my first experience, I think, was like Paul Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, the cartoon. So mm-hmm. I really got to know all the, you know, and really transitioned in as, you know, Hogan being this like cartoon character, action figure, hero. So he really got me into wrestling. So I kind of leaned towards Hogan. But I remember kind of drifting away from uh, wrestling. You know, when, when I was 12, 13, started to be a teenager, getting into other interests. But when I was in college and the Attitude Era was coming on, I can remember Monday nights at the college bar just being absolutely packed just for Stone Cold Steve Austin. So Hogan really got me into it. But I remember later when I was like 18 or 19, the Austin era really brought me back in for a few years, and those college bars used to be absolutely 
berserk. And I can still remember when the glass shattered and Austin mm. would come out, the bar, the bar would just absolutely erupt. <laughs> so very, very uh, tight. That would be a very tight debate for me. Hogan got me in as a kid, but Austin brought me back later as a teenager, early adult. Um, just real quick on Heenan. Uh, I think I agree with something Tommy said there about that Andre the Giant. Um, kind of whole storyline in before WrestleMania three, what I really think about, and of course we were only kids, so we were really stuck into it, but the way they really sold how Heenan was really manipulating the whole situation and turning Andre against Hogan. And as a kid, you're like screaming against to the television, like, you know, Andre, don't listen to him. He's clearly like just trying to put a wedge between you two, but you know, what's the storyline as a kid, like you can really see it how Heenan is the mastermind, but <laughs> no one else needs to see it. Now you understand it was just the storyline, but I can remember it really, you know, affecting you that Bobby Heenan was this really evil genius that was turning Hogan's best friend against him. And it was really, it just really sold the whole feud, I think. But yeah, that would be my uh, number one. And just to some of the other comments, I really love Heenan overall as one of the top announcers. And, and like you said, just to give instant credibility to whoever decided to, uh, to come on board. And I agree with firefighter Brian as well. It wasn't really, you know, a stable, like you'd see NWO or, or, or the horseman or something like that, but yeah, just a collection of Heenan's goons <laughs> that were really all after Hogan and the championship belt. So I think it really added quite a bit to the storyline. And this, it actually felt like more like a, a team of these giants that were all taking runs at Hogan that really made you back Hogan more. So it definitely adds a lot to that. I 100% agree with what you're saying, man. Big goons, the biggest, baddest dudes in wrestling, all going after Hulk Hogan with the gold to end Hulkamania and take his title. Yeah, as a a kid, it made the product so interesting because it really didn't matter who Heenan aligned himself with. When you saw a wrestler aligned with Heenan, you knew it spelled trouble for Hogan and the other top baby faces. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the only thing I'd add, I'd end off with is I think the greatest Canadian wrestler of all time is Roddy Piper. So if we get into if we get into that debate oh, down the road, that'll be my guy there. He just doesn't. That's he, wasn't tough sold, to argue he wasn't sold. He wasn't sold as much as a Canadian like Bret Hart was. Right, is a good Canadian boy. I don't. I don't think David would would fight you too much on on picking Piper as one of the all time greats. That's a pretty pretty solid pick. For sure. Anyway, thank you guys. I love the show. And yeah, I, I had to uh, miss it last week. I was actually flying. I was in the air last week, so I missed it. But glad to be able to call in today. And yeah, thanks again for all the all the work. Love the show. Hey, thank you so much, Rick. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future. We're going to keep you, this conversation rolling, Tommy. We got a couple callers hanging on, and we got a new caller uh, to '80s Wrestling, the podcast, or at least a number I don't have documented. And we've gone on record as saying my bookkeeping can be a little shoddy from time to time uh, but it appears to be a california area code maybe around the long beach area good morning caller what's your name where are you calling from and welcome to the show oh hey hvac matt in long beach california hvac matt thanks for calling hey. in brother how are you doing today what's going on man oh hey i'm so glad to get through i'm stoked well we're glad to hear your voice awesome, my friend man. We're talking about the Heenan family. We'd love to know your memories of it. Oh, man, gosh. Uh, I mean, I was born in 78, so, I mean, right, I got around in 
around like 85, around WrestleMania 1, got into it. Um, memories of Bobby Heenan for me, I mean, had to start with, with, uh, with the King Kong Bundy. I mean, when he went on TNT with, with Bundy, and you remember Hogan went to the hospital and, and, and they're talking about it. Bobby goes, you know, they did a brain scan on Hogan. And guess what they found? Nothing. <laughs> and the way that him and Bundy were laughing was just so funny. And I just remember my dad just losing it, you know, because it just was so bad. And, and as a kid, you're like, oh, my God, King Bundy and this guy are just, they're out to get my guy. And it was just so good. And I guess you appreciate it more, you know, the older that you get. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also loved uh, Bobby when he kind of was running – you know, on um, full steam when he had Haku, Intercontinental Champion Rick Rude, and when he brought in Arn and Tully with the Brain yes. Busters. It was, and he had Andre, and it was like, that was like full force Heenan family right there. Absolutely agree. I think I think the pairing of Heenan and the Brain Busters was magical. I wish the Brain Busters could have lasted in the World Wrestling Federation a little bit longer than they did. Yes. But yeah, that is classic Heenan family right there. You are right on the money, H back. Yeah, I I mean that was just I mean just he's just so good at being bad. And it was just Bobby I loved all the other managers, Slick, Fuji, Jimmy Hart, but Bobby was just kinda like the Cadillac of managers. You know, he was just that upper echelon, and, uh, you know, it's like if you knew, if a guy was with Heenan, you're like, all right, you know, he's a threat. This is Major League. Um, so, so yeah, so Bobby, you know, again, great. You know, you just he's, he's the quintessential manager. He's, he's the GOAT. I mean, there's just no way around it. Um, anyway, but there's something I wanted to just, and I hope I can – get in more regularly and call in. I won't keep your time. I know you got other callers. But I wanted to just share a quick story. Back in 87, uh, my family and I, we went on our annual vacation down to San Diego. And we are staying at the Travel Lodge Inn. And we always brought all our LJN figures with us, every single one of them. And my dad was like, hey, I'm going to go check out the pool. So he goes down to check out the pool. He comes back white as a ghost. He's like, you're not going to believe this. Andre the Giant is laying by the pool. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is just probably some real big guy. We go down there. He's got two chase lounges pushed together in the yellow trunks. He looks over, and he puts out his hand, and just that smile. And it (laughs) freaked my little brother out. My little brother ran right back to the room. And he goes, I hate when that happens. <laughs> True story. And that is so wild. I, I shook, wow, that's awesome, I, shook Andre, I shook Andre's hand, and then we went out to dinner. We came back. Orndorf is there, and he's arguing with some chick down by the pool, and I wanted to get his autograph. And my dad's like, uh, let's go back to the room. He looks a little busy. <laughs> Now might not be the best time. That's an incredible story, well, man. But what was cool about Orndorff is the next awesome. morning, we go down for breakfast, and Santana's down there, Sheik's down there, and Orndorff's wow. down there. And Orndorff signed the right hip of my LJN figure. 
That's awesome. And he signed it, Mr., and then the number one, and then Durful. That's awesome. And I played with it, so, of course, I rubbed it off. But just a a memory that stands out and, you know, uh, just a real special time. That is incredible, Matt. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That w- I couldn't imagine the thrill that went through your head when you actually saw that it was indeed Andre the Giant. And then to come down to breakfast and see multiple guys there, what a thrill. It's, yeah, it's almost when you're just like, I, you know, I have to kind of like think that that really happened. My mom mm-hmm. and dad are like, yeah, you know, it it, it, it happened. So it was pretty cool. It just is, that's why I just really, I'm so glad I got to get in, and I hope I can call back again because, you know, this is, you know, something I've been looking for for a long time. You guys do a hell of a job. Well, thank you, Matt, and we got your name and number down okay, in our logbook, so, so we'll recognize you next time you call in, man. Have a great day. All right, sounds good. Enjoy that story, brother, week, man. Have a good day. All right, guys. What a neat story, Tommy. Awesome Could you story. imagine... Just going to a hotel and just randomly seeing Andre the Giant relaxing by the pool. That's unbelievable. Let me, let me, let me tell you a quick story before we take the next caller. So I had uh, someone, in the, uh, someone in the business high up at the time in WWE told me how they would used to do their – so, like, you know when you, they used to do – used to watch Superstars of Wrestling – and uh, Wrestling Challenge back in the day when they used to film the promos for that market. Like, hey, this, this, uh, this Friday night at St. Cloud High School, you know, you know like the, 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 the oh, yeah. promos for the markets themselves they would do for every single market. Well, this is what they this – is, this might be an exclusive here. A lot of people might not know this, uh, at least in New Jersey when they, when they would do it. And everything was typically up this way anyway back then. Uh, back in the in the uh, in the eighties, they would rent out a uh, sometimes like a Holiday Inn conference room, and then like all the guys would stay at that hotel like when when they came in for that loop, and like they would they would set up like the production as far as like shooting the promos French room of the hotel. So I actually uh, know someone that was just visiting New Jersey to see their family and they wind up staying at this hotel where all the WWF guys are at. So it's a similar story. What he was saying, he came downstairs in the morning to get something out of the vending machine and he saw the killer bees, you know, sitting there, you know, eating breakfast and he turns around and he sees Hercules and he turns around and he's Calvin Bob Orton and he's a gigantic wrestling fan, and he's like, excuse my language, he's like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on here? So uh, that's a cool story that he just said because this was a similar story. But just imagine being a fan uh, back then and just randomly seeing Andre the Giant. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I love, love hearing stories like that. And I think that we should make that an episode one time of 80s Wrestling Podcast. Uh, talk about the first wrestler uh, they ever met. I think that'd be really, really cool. That would be an awesome conversation. And especially if you run into a wrestler where you don't expect to see a wrestler, I'm the type of guy that if I see, if I would ever run into a celebrity, like at the airport or at the grocery store, I would probably go, that guy looks a lot like so-and-so. I wouldn't think for a second that it was actually them. So I can imagine groggy, coming down in the hotel room looking for a candy bar from the vending machine 
looking over and seeing a professional wrestler, you probably have to do a double take. If you don't know they're in town and you're not there for a wrestling show, you probably have to, you know, shake your head a little bit and stare at them and be like, is that really who I think it is? And so, yeah, I would love to hear everyone's story that- about when they've, when they've met a wrestler outside of like a, a convention, like when you just see them in the natural habitat, how you react. So like, so like you, when you were a kid and you were at Seven Eleven before you went to that show and you saw Boris Dukov at Seven Eleven. Oh, I see. <laughs> that's only a joke, but that's only a joke, but a, a true story for just real quickly tell, I know you told it in the past day, but for anyone that didn't catch that episode, Talk about the episode when you were online that time waiting for food. I w- listen, man, I was in an Arby's, and I was waiting in line to get my, my beef and cheddar sandwich. And the guy in front of me looked a lot like the Brooklyn Brawler, but it probably is not the Brooklyn Brawler. And then he orders, and he orders a lot of food. So clearly he's not ordering for himself. He's ordering for a group of guys. And so my radar should have been tipped off, that the guy that looks like Brooklyn Brawler – WWE's in town and he's ordering a bunch of sandwiches, but I just wait like a goon behind him. He orders, he moves on. It's my turn to order. And as I step up to order, this guy that I think looks like the Brooklyn Brawler steps away from the counter with his multiple bags of food. And then fans immediately come up to him and are asking him, can I get your autograph? And so now I'm faced with the decision. Do I leave my place in line and go bug the man who I now have confirmed is the Brooklyn Brawler? Or do I stay and get my beef and cheddar? And like an idiot, I stayed and got my beef and cheddar. Had I just had the courage to tap him on the shoulder, I probably would have had seven to ten minutes to talk to him in line, me and him. But I just kept saying to myself, man, that guy looks familiar. He looks like the Brooklyn Brawler. And sure enough, it was, Tommy. Sure enough, it was. Ah, well. It was a good beef and cheddar. All right, we're going to keep this conversation rolling (laughs) on the Heenan family. Up next, good friend of the show, someone who, listen, if the Heenan family was around today, I could see this guy being part of that, that stable. We're talking about Danny from Butler. Danny, good morning, sir. Welcome to the Heenan family conversation. Tommy Jumpin' Jay, uh, always a pleasure. As always, another tremendous topic that you guys bring up uh, from the heyday of Golden Wrestling. Um, listen, you know, I did a little research yesterday. You know, obviously, we all, all of us grew up big WWF guys. With, uh, without a doubt. Um, but, you know, to realize that this, you know, Heenan family went back all the way to the 70s in the AWA, I wasn't aware of that. So, you know, that's uh, definitely, you know, that that, uh, his, that Heenan family thing, you know, definitely had a lot, a lot of longevity. But obviously I'm here to, you know, we're going to talk about what I remember. Uh, obviously it was, you know, the heyday of WWF, the Heenan family, you know, he started out, I think, with, you know, John Studd, Kempatera, led to the whole angle with uh, them cutting uh, Andre's hair, which led to the body slam challenge at, uh, at the original WrestleMania. So, you know, when you talk about the Heenan family, you got, it goes hand-in-hand hand with Hulk Hogan. You know, if there was uh, ever a threat to Hulk Hogan's title, it was definitely coming from the Heenan family, whether it was Studd, whether it was, uh, you know, King Kong Bundy, you know, you even had a... Uh, I believe there was a Saturday night main event match with Hercules. You know, there was always somebody gunning for Hogan's title from that family. And, um, you know, you talk about the heist of the century when he was able to manipulate Andre the Giant and turn him against Hogan. You know, who could ever, you know, obviously 
you talk about storytelling at its finest. Um, you know, it took him, you know, obviously it took him a while to get gold. I believe who was it? Uh, Ravishing Rick who was the first one to capture singles gold uh, for the, for, for the Heenan family when, you know, they stole the title from uh, Ultimate Warrior, obviously with his help. Um, and then, you know, following that a couple months later on a Saturday night's main event, they take the tag team titles from uh, Demolition on the two out of three mm-hmm. falls. So he definitely, uh, you know, that, that you know, had a lot of great teams, a lot of great superstars. You go from the Islanders, Hercules, Mr. Wonderful, and so on. Then, you know, he had uh, perfect in 90, right, uh, to, you know, when he wins that Intercontinental title tournament. And then, you know, eventually he gets, you know, a hold of uh, Ric Flair when he came in. So he was able to have uh, every piece of gold in his collection. And, you know, he just, like I said, it was just the, the Heenan family was just such, like Bobby Heenan, you know, you talk about all the great managers. He was just a, a treasure. The guy had the, the career, you know, he was, you know, he had, you know, you love to hate him. He had a look. He was able. He was tremendous on, on the mic. He could announce, and he was able. If you needed to, he was going to take bumps in the ring. The guy did it all, and without a doubt, probably the. I think there's no debate that he is the greatest wrestling manager, in the history of professional wrestling. So, a tremendous topic. Uh, you look back uh, at uh, the great moments that he was involved in. And, you know, you got to give uh, him his due. Uh, next week, I think that's a tremendous topic that uh, Firefighter Brian brought up. That's, a, you know, that's going to be a, a lot of fun discussion. I know, I mean, I don't know if you have any more phone calls, but I'm sure I'll try to let a couple of guys get in the last 10 minutes. Uh, always a pleasure, guys. Uh, wait to talk to you next weekend. Uh, next weekend. Have a great weekend. Hey, you too, Danny. Danny. Thank you so much for calling in, man. We appreciate hearing from you. Always, always. Thanks, brother. All right, Tommy, the Heenan family, the most popular, well, not most popular, most famous wrestling family of all time. And I think uh, one of the callers mentioned that the older we get, the more appreciation we have for the guys like Bobby Heenan and the wrestlers he had in the Heenan family. And I think that's right. As a kid, you know, we, we see Bobby Heenan and we just are trained to hate him and to boo whoever he's coming out with. But now when you look back uh, with adult perspective and you go, man, if it wasn't for guys like Heenan and the Heenan family, the wrestling landscape would have been very, very different. And being a fan would have been different. You know, we loved as kids. WWF did an amazing job of presenting us larger than life superheroes and kind of trained us who to cheer for and who to boo against. And we loved cheering for our heroes, but in order to cheer for a hero, they have to be going up against a villain. They have to be fighting and overcoming some sort uh, of hardship. And Bobby Heenan provided that for us wrestling fans, at least in the World Wrestling Federation from mid-80s to mid-90s. And like Danny pointed out, the Heenan family went way back to the 70s in the AWA. They did uh, work in the NWA and a couple other promotions. And we know Vince McMahon is famous for kind of wanting to make his own stuff. But how lucky are we that the Heenan family is something that survived from the territory days and was able to be broadcast to us in a time when we were glued to our television sets. Absolutely, man. And uh, again, it's so many childhood memories that that we have. Uh, Hulk Hogan fighting his 
villains and, and enemies at the time and Bobby Heenan and more importantly the Bobby Heenan family was on the very top of that, that list for, for quite a long time. So yeah, really, really great topic today. Uh, there's a lot of guys we didn't even dive into. The Islanders, they stole Matilda. I mean, it's, it's something as simple as primetime wrestling where Bobby Heenan did the thing with Terry Taylor and Brooklyn Brawler. Like mm-hmm. anything Bobby, I, I guess we can sum this up by saying, and I think that everyone universally will agree with this, is that anything Bobby touched turned to 24 karat gold. Anything he did, whether it be managing, commentating, anything, he just did it perfectly. Uh, like the weasel, the weasel suit matches that he used to have. He just, man, we could probably do a hundred episodes of Bobby Heenan and the Bobby Heenan family. So fun topic. Looking forward to talking about next week's topic, and uh, it's going to be really interesting. The voices of '80s wrestling. Now remember, this is just uh, WWE, uh, WWF. I'm sorry, back then. Uh, we'll be talking about NWA, AWA, another uh, world-class championship wrestling. The voices of 80s wrestling. It's going to be a really fun topic uh, for next week. I think I'm going to try and get on uh, a special calling, a special caller next week that maybe was one of the voices of 80s wrestling, if I can track someone down uh, for next week. It's going to be a fun topic. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, getting ready here at the end of this month, Jay. we got a big, 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 big weekend the last weekend of september on friday september the 29th at the totua pal in totua new jersey the 25th anniversary of ispw we present ispw 25 headlined by wwe icon sergeant slaughter will be in the house uh it's the main event it's for the ispw heavyweight title richard holiday We'll put the title on the line against the former champion, the superstar, Danny Morrison, back and going to get his title back. And that's going to be a really fun show. We're going to have a preview show of ISPW 25 on Thursday, September the 28th. So two weeks from today, we will have our uh, ISPW 25 show. We'll get some guys from the show on here to talk about the uh, festivities, but next week is all about the voices of 80s wrestling. Jumping Jay, I hope that you and your family have a great weekend. What do you have cooking this weekend? Anything good? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're uh, actually, my my, uh, business is involved in some local activities around town, so we'll be doing some of our uh, mobile attractions. Our mobile escape rooms are all set to, to go out this weekend, so my wife and I and our kids will be working some of those events. Um, just enjoying the time of year right now, uh, if you don't live in Minnesota, in the winter, it's dreadfully cold. In the heat of summer, it's dreadfully hot. These autumn days that we're in right now are kind of the days you live for in Minnesota. And so beautiful weather. So I'm just looking forward to being out, hanging out uh, with my family and enjoying the sunshine. I know ISPW has a lot of big stuff coming up, Tommy, and I'm super excited for it. You might have noticed a voice was absent from today's caller list, and that's Total Tom. He is boycotting the show until we invite ISPW heavyweight champion Richard Holiday onto our onto our podcast here. So, well, that's listen, all I got. If, if that's the case, that's a, that's, a, that's an easy choice. <laughs> I, I had a feeling choice. you were going to go that route. We need to get Richard Holiday on immediately. We can't. We can't. This is a six car show. The six. Uh, our caller we need him back so i'm gonna have to reach out to holiday soon 
Uh, that's right, yeah. man. That's hey, guys, right. listen, I hope everyone has a great weekend. I got to jump back on the uh, computer here and make some more magic happen. And uh, we will catch you back here next week on 80s Wrestling, the podcast.